What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Top of the List with RB. Hello there, guys. And my co-host, Dom. Say hello, Dom. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we're here to talk this week about what we thought were two of probably the most cringeworthy uh, releases of this Marvel Cinematic Universe phase. Uh, Those, of course, being I Am Groot and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Uh, the <laughs> two Disney Plus, I guess one's a short, one's a series. Uh, yeah, you know, and uh, I think we were excited to watch these, not so much for the content man, uh, content on the shows, but more so to see, you know, are these going to be better than they actually look? Are they going to be just as bad? Are they going to be worse? And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to chat a little bit about these. These are yeah. two shows that are definitely, uh, I would say, I don't know what they really add. She-Hulk has the potential to add a little bit more to the MCU, but right yeah. now they just kind of seem like a couple of one-off sort of throwaway shows, especially I Am Groot. So let's let's start yeah. chatting a little bit first, I guess, about I Am Groot. There's a little less to cover there, it seems. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I mean, you said it best, RV. These basically just exist in the MCU. They're part of the MCU, but they don't really add that much especially I Am Groot. Um, so I think it's six different shorts, if I'm not mistaken. And I think there's there's a couple different ones. There's one where he takes a bath. <laughs> there's yeah. one where he uh, finds these little people and he farts a leaf. And yeah. there, so there, yeah. I want to say there were five, five, okay. five minute parts. So there's the bath, the first steps, the the little guy, which mm-hmm. is the one where he, he builds the the fort and farts a leaf and finds the little people. <laughs> um the the one where I think it's called the pursuit. Yeah. With the uh with the weird thing that shape shifts. I am Groot. No, I am Groot. Yes, that one. <laughs> and then there was the one where Rocket shows up. Yeah. That's the last name. one. Yeah. Yeah. So there were five in total. At least those were the five that I watched. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right there. I, I mean, I, I think the the way you can describe these, we discussed this uh with I forget what the last MCU film we watched was. Remind me. Do you, do you remember? The last MCU film we watched was Thor, Love and Thunder. That's right. So let's talk, you know, it reminded me, we talked about how the post-credit scenes, which used to be so important to MCU films, are now kind of just throwaways. Yeah. That's what every one of these I Am Groot episodes felt like. was just I agree. a silly second post-credit scene. I agree, yeah. I, I think that they were funny. I was laughing. I thought they were they were cute. But I mean, they didn't really add that much. It was basically just for families to go and have something new to watch on Disney Plus. Maybe if you have little kids that enjoyed watching Baby Groot and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, maybe they would enjoy that. And that's about it. That didn't add anything to the story at all. Um, there are some great funny jokes. As far as the score goes, I wouldn't say they were great in any way, but I would say they're just, they just exist. So, I mean, you know, we usually say five is about halfway. Um, I I thought these were pretty funny. So I enjoyed them a little bit more than a five. So I'd probably give them a six. Yeah. I I was going to give them a six and a half. I think there was one standout episode. I thought the, uh, the little the little guy i think it was called the episode mm-hmm. where he finds the little first he builds the yeah you know the big hut that's destroyed then he finds the little people and that you know, one was goes pretty through great. all of this with it i thought that one was was good so to me just because that one episode was a standout i'll, I'll give it a six and a half 
Got um, it. Okay. I would I, not I could call agree it with that. good, great, amazing, or yeah. incredible. I think that's kind of the words we've given to seven, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah. Um, it was an okay. Maybe just a little bit above okay, which I think is the word I associate with six out of ten. So yeah, six usually and a half out of ten for me. Yeah, exactly. Usually we say six. Anything in the six range is like an okay. And I, I, I did think that the jokes are funny. So yeah, I agree with you there, RB. But that's about all we got to say for I Am Groot. So let's move on to the big release, the big new addition to she, uh, to the MCU. And when I say big, I mean it in the literal term. <laughs> Pun intended. Yes, definitely here. Pun intended. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, starring Tatiana Maslany. I I can never say her last name. Yeah. And um, of course, yeah, her. And of course, uh, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner returns. And we're just going to watch the premiere and rate the premiere because that's what we did. And then we'll, we'll revisit for our listeners at the end of the season once it's over to see how things ended up. But as far as premieres go in the MCU universe of television, um, I thought this was one of the weakest ones. And I did not enjoy this that much. It wasn't completely unenjoyable. I thought there were some interesting parts that added a little uh, fill in the gap moments between, um, you know, the time gap in Endgame that was presented to us. And Learning more about Bruce Banner and what he did when everyone was blipped was pretty cool. And um, but as far as the titular character, She-Hulk, I think there's a few choices that were made stylistically that didn't pay off. And I, I want to hear what you have to say first, RB, and then I'll tell you what my big nitpicks were. Yeah. So um, it, it's interesting. You know, I so badly wanted to like this show. I really did. I love Mark Ruffalo. Um, I thought that Tatiana, Tatiana, let's just go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she did a good job portraying the role. Um, you know, I, I liked the, the, the chemistry between the two of them in the trailer. I really, really wanted to like this one. And okay. when it came down to it, I did have, I did find just too many flaws to say this was anything more than just kind of a, a good laughable kind of show. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a seven out of 10. Um, I think, Personally, I thought actually, and I'm I'm curious to hear because I thought stylistically, I enjoyed uh, some of the de- the decisions of the director and and the the writer, um, or the writers, I should say. You know, I liked the breaking of the fourth wall. I thought that's that what I was neat. referring to. So you didn't like that? It felt like me, like they were trying to rip off Deadpool a little bit. Like that's something that Deadpool would do, and I didn't feel like it was necessary to this character. Whereas like, you know, Deadpool breaks the fourth wall all the time in the comics. And as far as this show goes, it just kind of fell out of nowhere and it wasn't really explained. But I mean, I'm curious to see how they go about on this in future episodes, because this was an episode that was her narrating her past to the uh, to the audience. Right. I, I personally I agree with you. It was very much in the style of Deadpool. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Deadpool film, so I have no problem with that. I, I like the decision to go with that way. It felt like – it just didn't feel like an MCU show. It felt like this yeah. would be a show about a female lawyer, you know, something you'd see on ABC on a Thursday evening, like just following up Grey's Anatomy or something, you know? Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for soap operas like that. So I, I got no problem with that. But everything that happened with her – 
and Bruce Banner with regards to the Hulk seemed wedged in and rushed and just basically everything that happened in this show completely to me undid everything that was the Bruce Banner and Hulk plight in the first three phases of the MCU. And that really yeah. ticked me off. I have, I have, a, yeah, I definitely have something to say about that. But as far as the, the fourth wall breaking goes, like, mm. I, I feel like, so I thought of a good example just now, like, okay, you know, it's something that happens in Deadpool and that's acceptable because it's hilarious. It's part of the character. And then the only other example I could think back to of fourth wall breaking or speaking directly to the camera is in like something like WandaVision or even in uh, one of the couple of the Thor movies. He does it where he kind of recounts, you know, to the audience. And um, yeah, yeah. I, Ragnarok, I think the opening sequence, he does it. Absolutely. So um, I think that it's those those things work for me because they were explained. And like we said, this is just the premiere. So maybe we'll get more of a, you know, explanation or some sort of, um, you know, reasoning as to why this, why the fourth wall is there, why, why, why the fourth wall is being broken. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, for example, in WandaVision, she was talking to the camera at points and it was because that was all part of the illusion. You know, it was, it was like that be- and I don't know that to me that made sense when she was talking to the camera in a few of the episodes or when she would look towards, you know, where the audience is looking. And to me, that that was that made sense because that's what the stylist style of the show was. And it was explained. Mm-hmm. This wasn't explained. And then as far as like what you said. Right. With, OK, that, that's yeah. fair. That's, that's fair. OK. Yeah. And then as far as like what you're saying about Bruce Banner, um, I really don't like the thing. Like, like I mean, they talk about it in this. Um, he has this big binder. And he's like, I never thought this would be a syllabus, but that's where we are. And they just skip all the emotional development that Bruce Banner went through. She's like, no, I'm already good at this. Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Because that that ticked me off. Me a little too. Bit. And I understand, you know, we've talked about this off offline, that it is a show that is that is speaking to the modern feminine, you know, strong, independent woman. And I, I respect that. Uh, absolutely. That being said, it just seemed so out of out of character for the Hulk. I mean, if we're saying this is the same thing, we went from Bruce Banner, who we took, what, 10 years and who knows how many films to go from being split, the Hulk and Bruce Banner, you know, who are different entities living in the same body, to I just, I can control it because... that that just upset me i understand the messaging behind it and that's fine but it still it outdoes the the writing of you know of the filmmakers who have made the any film that bruce banner and the incredible hulk have been in it also you know i'd be curious because this is a character in the in the comic books if i'm not mistaken correct she Hulk does appear in the marvel comics yeah i'd be curious how how they approach it in there i mean does she have this much ease in the comics controlling her powers or is there a struggle like there is with Bruce Banner? I'm interested to know that as well, RB. I've never read the, the She-Hulk comics. So maybe, okay. maybe we don't have all the information there as far as what the creators of the show were referring to. Um, mm-hmm. As far as you were saying, like is the meaning of the show, this is a problem I have with a lot of, uh, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. I have a lot of uh, problems with this kind of messaging in shows and especially in movies and i have a great example to compare this show to and 
one film that I was really moved by and I thought was very impactful was the original Wonder Woman film. One of the first films to have a starring hero, heroine as a woman, you know, is Wonder Woman. And what that movie did so great was it wasn't that Wonder Woman was better than everyone else. It was not about that. It was that she was everyone's equal and people didn't have to treat her as less than they could treat her as like, she's with this band of war, you know, the, I, I guess, what are they? Army men? Are they army men? Like she has a band of like, you know, there's the different guys. Yeah. Chris in Pine World War One. Yeah. The yes. soldiers. Yeah. The soldiers. Exactly. Soldier by an enemy and they all have different specialties and they treat her as one of the group. She becomes their equal and they all take the picture together and they're all equals. That's what, you know, if we're going to talk about the meaning of this, that's what really like, it's more of like they're making it in like a feminist message, right? It's about the feminist movement. That's what these movies are. And if you know anything, like if you've gone to school and and learned about it in any way, you know that feminism isn't about men being worse than women or women being better than men. It's about equality, right? And I feel like that's what this show got wrong right off the bat is that it was – the Hulk throwing a boulder and then her throwing it farther. Mm -hmm. And it was her immediately being better than him in some ways, like her blood was able to heal. Like, you know, there's little things like that, that was, she was better than Bruce Banner. Things like, okay, I get, that's a cool aspect to bring up. But as far as the show, went, I would have liked her, you know, just as far from a story, story standpoint, I like someone that has to work up to being good at something. Just right. from a simple right. perspective, and what do you think I, about I, I that? hear what you're saying. Um, I don't know. I I don't know that I grasp, uh, I necessarily agree in total, but I understand uh, some of the parts of your your summation there. I do think this show definitely, unlike Wonder Woman, is more rather than just about the feminist movement and equality. And once again, you know, full disclosure here for from both of us, both being men. You know, we don't necessarily understand a hundred percent what we're talking about here, but just from yeah. our points, we're of not view, we're not yeah. women, so we don't fully understand. Obviously, <laughs> right. of course, of course. So we want to start by saying that. But to me, this this is more about the feminine struggle, correct? Um, yeah, and that she's able to overcome this better than a man because she's gone through these tri- these trials as a woman. That that's sort of more as I'm reading into it. Um, I also think there's there's a lawyer aspect that could have been a male or a female. There's a lot of having been around a lot of lawyers. Right. That one upsmanship could just as much be her her legal background um, as as anything else, which was sort of how I I read into it at the at first. Uh, I, I see that as well, RB. That's that, a good point. That being said, you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with with her character be, as long as it stays consistent. You know, mm-hmm. if this is who Jennifer Walters is going to be. Similar to Tony Stark, you know, I think when I first saw Tony Stark in the original Iron Man, I hated his his cockiness, his arrogance, but he stayed true. Robert Downey Jr. stayed true to that character throughout the entire Iron Man arc. I think as long as this is what the character that Jennifer Walters is going to be, that's her name, right? Jennifer Walters is yes. her G-Hulk. Okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I as think- long as it stays consistent. I, I agree with that. I just, my, my main concern is that there's not- arc of growth here i don't want her to be immediately good at everything well i think i think the arc of growth is going to come to be more less of her controlling herself being the hulk but more of her 
moving in from you know this this hero exactly. role, which is what she was struggling with so much in Mexico with Bruce in this first. If episode. they go that direction, the I'll that be I happy. can't be a lawyer. I have to be a hero now, and I don't want to be a hero. I love my career as a lawyer. I I love to see that progression. If mm-hmm. if that, but you know, from the first episode, it seemed at least to me that this wasn't going to be a show about her being a hero. It's about her living life normally and not being a hero, which to me, I'd like to rather see some sort of growth. Like, you know, I, I, we were just talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, um, but off camera RB and like where that show starts, Aang isn't good at anything. The main character Aang isn't good at anything. And he has to learn how to be some, become good at everything right, and, right. and learn all the four elements. And by the end of the show, you've seen how good he's become. And that's what I like seeing in a show. You know, it's like you said, like for Tony Stark, he starts off as a smug, you know, asshole that, you know, is kind of a, you know, terrible guy. You know, he's just a rich billionaire, smug guy. And he grows by the end of Endgame to be a great guy that, you know, sacrifices himself. You know, that's character growth. I, I want to see that in this show. And I'm worried after watching the premiere that that's not what the show is going to be about. So that's my main gripe. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I hear you definitely. And I'm, I'm curious to see which way we go. Uh, another gripe, though. I mean, while while we're continuing Please. to to go on this, um, I don't like, and I I think this is to the point where it's the entire MCU more so than just the show, the wonky world that we have we're into. That it's just commonplace that your car hits a spaceship, and no, <laughs> nobody's more more worried about that. Like, oh, <laughs> Me yeah, too. It's a Sakarian messenger ship. First of all. Sakar was. I, I want to make sure this is the same Sakar that was uh, Jeff Goldblum's planet in uh, in Ragnarok, right? Right. That was a cool why, little callback. Why? Why is this ship on Earth? What's going on? And they just kind of batted away. It was just a reason for them to be in an accident so their blood could get mixed. Yeah. He's like, I'll have to figure that out later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like when, okay. When when you're a Hulk, these kind of things happen. Yeah. It was just explained away. So, it's so like that, really no. In, that's the story. And, and I'm sure maybe they'll touch on it more. So I hope. I'm not as griping about this. But in the final sequence of this episode, we don't know who this villain is. Just some woman punches through the, the wall. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. And now she has to become the Hulk. <sighs> so I'm hoping it's yeah. built on more. And I'm, I'm looking now. I mean, we saw this in, in the trailers. I mean, the abomination, as far as we know, is going to show up, which mm-hmm. I think is going to be cool. You know, besides his five seconds on screen in uh, – Shang-Chi, we haven't seen the Abomination since the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk, so I think that'll be neat. Um, it looks like Daredevil is going to show up, which I know you're really stoked on. Uh, at least, yeah. right? We saw that in the in the trailers. I'm interested to see what they do with Daredevil in this. Worried and interested. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see and, where they go, and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, when the entire show's out and we do our callback episode. But right now, expectations are not very high to give it beyond a seven, you know, good, maybe even lower score. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I did not enjoy this episode. There was definitely things I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed for the most part, like you said, the camaraderie, the the charisma, the chemistry between Bruce Banner and She-Hulk. And I really enjoyed all of that. Um, I love the things that we got explained questions that we never got answered. in, like, for example, like you were saying the the end credit scene of Shang-Chi, why was Bruce Banner human in that? And we got the explanation that he has the device. And I love that. Right, right. So I, I love the the deeper, more like nit, like little tiny um, parts that we got added to the MCU in this. But other than that, 
as a whole. I just enjoyed it. I wouldn't say that I thought it was really that good or anything like that, but yeah. So you, what was your score again? I forgot. Seven, seven out of 10 to start. Seven out of 10 to start. I think I'd give this a little lower. I'd probably give it a six, okay. which is like we just said, it's okay. I thought this was an okay start. It wasn't anything special in my opinion. Yeah. But let, I mean, let's see, let's see where we can go with it. It has the potential to be better for sure. Plus, of course, I'm always excited because I look through the cast list and uh, Renee Lee Schoolsberry is going to be in it. So anytime we can give a shout out to any of the original members of the cast of Hamilton, I get stoked. So <laughs> as a potential to be great just because she's going to be in it. There you go. Yep. And I want to see more comedy, too. I, I love the, the a few of the jokes in this really were good. Like I got some good chuckles from it, but yep. I want to see better comedy. As well. If they're going like, to go in this style, the, yeah. the breaking of the fourth wall, a la, exactly. like we'll call it the Deadpool style, it definitely needs to be more of a comedic focus show. And yeah, I think there were some some jokes that landed in this episode. There were definitely some jokes that didn't land, but they they should go that direction, which it seems like what the MCU is going for in this phase. What, what was your verdict on the Steve Rogers virgin joke? <laughs> Um, it, I think it took too long. I think it took too long <laughs> to get it out. She She took so long explaining it. And then it, you know, you get to the punchline right as they hit the spaceship. I was yeah. like, okay, so you made your point. Because I'm sitting here trying to figure out what she's trying to figure yeah. out about Steve Rogers, and it kind of ticked me off. Yeah. And then at the, did you watch the post credit scene? I didn't realize there was a post credit scene. No, there's, there's I thought usually it was only scene. for the finale episodes. There's a post credit oh, scene, okay. and it's about it. It's about I'll have, Steve I'll have Rogers, to go back yeah. and I'll have to go back and watch that then, and um, and we can talk about that when we do our finale review or our entire show review once the entire show is out including the finale there you go and and hopefully daredevil like you said has a good uh showing in this in this series because that will determine whether or not you watch daredevil right rb uh no i'm gonna watch it either way <laughs> you're gonna watch it either way you're hyped i for mean it. if it's it, we're, we're we are to the point now where it's confirmed it's the same daredevil that's in the mcu as in the in the netflix series yeah i'll have to get around to watching daredevil then it's my all favorite of seasons. all of them. I know. I Yeah, so big plug, long plug back to our, one of our very first episodes, our favorite Netflix original shows. And yeah, that was the top of your list right there, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the best of the best, RB, especially if you're, if you're into, and I know you are, like a more serious, darker, grittier take on a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, it's all there. Uh, how, how that's going to fit into this this series and this phase of the MCU, I'm I'm very uncertain, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, and that's what I'm kind of concerned as well, too, is like, I mean, in Daredevil, at some point, he goes into this underground lab where people are being drained of their own blood that were kidnapped. People that were kidnapped are being drained of their blood. And I mean, like, it gets dark like that. And it's yeah, so it gets pretty crazy. So I don't know how they're going to make it in a comedy, but I'm interested to see um, as far as what goes on next week for top of the list fans. We have DC League of Super Pets. Um, I went and saw it. RB's going to go check it out later yep. this week. Um, and we're going to be telling you all about DC League of Super Pets and what our verdicts are on that. Um, so stay tuned for that. And then in the future, we'll let you know what else we got planned. Do we have something else to announce? Yeah, and, and I think it's three weeks. We'll have the uh, Rick and Morty season six premiere. So really excited for that. I think that's September 4th, the episode premieres. So we'll get that review out to you as soon as we watch that as well. I'm excited for season six because uh, Justin Roiland said that he knows season five sucked. It's been well documented well, in our least reviews. He acknowledged it. Thank goodness. I think he saw our review and he's like, okay, <laughs> let me, let me just yeah. make sure. Let me assure you guys season six is going to be better. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. 
Let's go. <laughs> so with that said, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What did you think about She-Hulk? Um, what did you think about I Am Groot? And uh, let us know what else you want us to discuss on the show as well. You can also find our Twitter handles down below. Follow us on Twitter. And we also have a quick plug as well for a new app that we are uh, starting to get engaged on, and that is Letterboxd. Um, I kind of discovered it and shared it with RB and we've been going on Letterboxd and looking at movies, giving them reviews and stuff like that. So if you want to follow us on Letterboxd, uh, we'll put those links in the description down below as well. So with that said, RB, anything else? I mean, find us on Letterboxd, find us on Twitter, find us any way you can. We love to hear from you, the listeners. So let us know what you want us to review. And, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you just, you know, if you like the show, you know, we always love the uh, the criticism, the feedback for sure. So definitely don't be afraid to reach out, everybody. All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Uh, top of the list. Later. <laughs>